You're listening to Passion Pod 22 with Tom Worsley. I'd like to call myself an actor, and the only reason I don't yet is because I'm yet to get paid to do it properly. But I do plenty of acting. I do like loads of fringe and off West End shows over the last year and a half. So that's the acting side of things, which is sort of my main passion and my main target. But I also do a lot of producing, and I do producing in, in TV. I've, that's been actually my sort of main career for about five years now, uh, mainly in sports, but and doing sort of various bits. I've always worked for ITV, but I'm working on the Paralympics for Channel 4 coming up this autumn, which I think is going to be absolutely amazing. And I also produce some films, short films, uh, particularly with a, a friend of mine from university. We just produced a film this year um, called King's Meadow, which went out on Channel 4. I love Channel 4 this year. They're changing my life. So was it acting that you did most when you were younger? Yeah, at school and university, I did loads of plays, loads of acting mainly, and that was always a thing that I really wanted to do. And then at uni at Bristol, I did loads of sort of directing and producing as well as acting just because you could and you had all the time in the world to do it. And so that was all happening in the summer term of my last year when I was applying for drama schools. And then, so at the end of university, I was like, I applied for, well, three of the big ones, which was Rada, Lambda and Guildhall. And I didn't get in, and I'm from Worcestershire, and there's not an awful lot of work in Worcestershire, it's a beautiful part of the world, but I wanted to move to London, so I moved here without a job, and the first month was horrendous, I sort of, you know, paid the first month's rent and deposit, and I was like, oh god, this is awful, and so I, and I thought, well, let's try getting a role in production, so I applied for 200 runner jobs in various, all sorts of places, film and TV and whatever else. And I got a job as a runner at ITV Sports, I'm a big sports fan, and it was very exciting, they do Champions League football, and... England Games and FA Cup and World Cups and they do motorsport and they used to do boxing and darts and and it's a really small place with loads of stuff on so they kept sort of throwing you in the deep end and within sort of three years the way sort of things panned out I sort of ended up you know being a, an assistant producer and then it sort of culminated in 2010 when I got to be a producer on the Champions League final in Madrid and went there and then I went to Africa for the World Cup but I realised after three years that it was the best job that wasn't my dream job I mean television anyone who works in television will say it's you know it's pretty antisocial but sport is especially antisocial because all evenings and weekends when sport's happening and I thought I've got to leave you know because I know because I know what I want to do I'm lucky enough to sort of you know know what I want to do I'm unlucky enough to know that that's acting <laughs> but <laughs> that one's staying in that's so brilliant <laughs> But uh, but I you know but I knew that was what I wanted to do. So I thought, well, I, I'll quit that, and and then yeah, sort of set on the road to trying to be an actor, basically. So tell me, in the time that you were working for ITV, though, were you still acting? Were you still thinking I did, all the I time? I did one. I did. I didn't really sort of think too much about. It. I always presumed that I'd go back and do it. It's quite a big decision for you to make that move to finally step out into doing yeah, acting full time. Yeah, it was a, it was a really tough decision because of course if I was in a crap job that I hated, it'd be easy to go. Oh, I want to do something that I love. But I love this job, and I was going. I was meeting these amazing athletes and sportsmen and the biggest thing in making that decision was when I met someone was saying who'd actually left ITV a year or two before much more senior guy than me and he said the best bit of advice which was um, you know you won't regret leaving and giving it a shot you'll only regret staying and never knowing what would have happened and I I guess you know and that's been said on the passion pods before but I think that is the best thing is like you'll only know know, even if it doesn't work out at least you know when you when you think of it like that it was a bit of a no-brainer it's like well fair enough okay so you've made this decision to do acting full-time where the hell do you start with that well the great thing is that the start is the best bit because you've basically got a great list of things to do so I didn't I didn't want to go reapply to drama school because at that point it was three years later because it got quite expensive at that point and now it's just so seriously expensive that it's not even a sort of a thing that crosses my mind and I know all the pros from doing it but I also sort of thought I'd give it a shot and see how I could do without going 
having had a lot of friends who went to drama school, a lot of them, you know, raved massively about it. Some didn't sort of get the same sort of buzz from it. Some got great agents out of it from the showcase, some didn't. The ones with agents sometimes get work, sometimes they don't. Sometimes the ones without agents get loads of work. And I sort of thought, well, it's all a bit random. There's no I, rules and regulations to it at all, is exactly. there? Exactly. So maybe I'll try and do you know, courses at the Actors Centre or whatever else. And I always hope to basically build my craft by working with amazing people, working with great scripts, with great directors, with great actors, and try and learn off them. So I sort of, the start, like I said, was really easy because you go, right, I need, what do I need? I need a headshot. So you go and like look through loads of photographers and get some advice and you go and get those. And then you go, right, I need to sort of build up my CV. So and what do I need to do? I need to get on Casting Call Pro. That's what everyone does. It's sort of the, the cheap, easy, sort of low-level version of Spotlight but there are some good things on there and you sort of go and do, try and get a few shows and a few fringe bits and sort of try and get your CV up to date and then you sort of start inviting agents and you sort of can keep building that path and then you sort of get to a point where you know you've got your CV you've got your headshots you know you're on Spotlight and then it's like okay now what's what's the next thing and for me what was hilarious is that I went on so I went on Casting Call Pro and the first two things I applied for I got emails back that day saying come on audition tomorrow so I was like oh cool and I went and auditioned the next day and then both directors like rung and said yeah you can you know be in the show and I was like this is going to be so easy I mean, I better start writing my Oscar speech because it'll probably be by next summer that I'll win one. I love it. It's like, yep, this is the sign. I was meant to be doing this. Yeah. Dreamy. And then... Hit me of, with the reality. And then, <laughs> and then about a year later, I was like, God, those two shows were a long time ago. Those are the only two shows I've done. The first one was at Theatre 503, which is a pretty well-respected sort of fringe off West End venue. And it was a one-night-only thing. And I thought, this is going to be just, you know, every month, a bit of this. Cool. This is going to be great. So the last year and a half... I've been doing, you know, a fair few fringe shows at various places. I got paid a tenner for that first Theatre 503 job. I've still got that tenner. It's like, here's my big it. income. Yeah. So tell me, how on earth are you managing to yes. live? <laughs> well, so basically, the great thing was is that, you know, off the back of leaving ITV, I still freelance for them, and I still freelance in TV and in sport, and that's super handy. And it wasn't my plan. You know, I, I, when I left ITV, I thought I could be leaving Guildhall now, you know, after my three-year drama course. And that could be perfect. I could have that showcase and get a great agent and I could be I could have been on my way you know but as it is I've actually now got a sort of an, another career that I can do that pays me and that that's a really interesting take on it well I mean it would have been a great plan if I'd said right I'm going to invest three years of my life into you know basically getting another career in sports television because you know I've always loved sport and I love television so I'll do that and then I can go and sort of do a bit of acting I'll also have money from sort of doing freelance work that would have been a great plan Actually, what happened is I just didn't get into drama school. But, you know, three years isn't a very long time. And I think what a lot of people do is stress so much about where can I be next year? Like, I need to have a show at the end of the festival next year. I need to make a film this year. And, of course, there is pressure because, you know, one is money. Like, how long can you live without money? And also, things happen in life. You know, you fall in love and get married and have kids or get moved to a different country or whatever. So there is, you know, I can understand why people are in a rush. Uh, it's difficult because people are ambitious so, you know, you can't sit there and just be like, well, it's all just going to come to me. It's all just fine. No, exactly. You've got a... Exactly. It's a balance, isn't it? It is. And I think you have got to be sensible. But I also think for three years, you know, you can invest in giving yourself a, a career and, and everything that you will do in time is always is always good and useful. I, I think one of the biggest things is like not to stress and be pressured and into, into, into hurrying. You've got to enjoy that journey. And so for three years, I sort of could look at my mates at drama school and so I could feel a bit envious of them and probably a lot of the time I probably did. And, you know, and you can do that now as, a, as an actor you know I was looking at other actors and you know the, the natural thing is to sort of compare yourself to other people but that is the worst possible thing you can do another bit of great advice was someone saying 
don't ever compare yourself to other people just compare yourself to the best that you can do and, and judge yourself by that and if you're not doing the best that you can do then look into why that is because you sort of look at people and everything is su- it's such a fickle business that you know you could look at someone who is doing so well right now really well at the moment and you could look and go why isn't that me but you know in, in 10 years time it could be so different and you know the worst thing would be for you to go oh god I was a bit of a dick like being really envious and actually now it's all worked out okay and someone said that you only draw the dots up of your career like when you look back so you can't sort of pl- make, make a path or make a plan you can have a sort of idea but you, uh, you can only really sort of join those dots up at the end and those sort of years doing something that you thought was a bit random might be the thing where you met someone who becomes your writing partner and you write something brilliant but it's like you said it's enjoying what you're doing at the moment but also I think one thing that you're a very good example of is making things happen yeah. So, for example, I know you're about to put this showcase on, yeah. aren't you, at the last refuge? Yeah. You know, it's it's creating these opportunities for yourself, I imagine, quite a lot of it. Exactly. And definitely there's still, like, plenty of things that you can do and plenty of people you can meet and, and plenty of ways you can sort of get busy. And I think, again, the other thing, because especially having listened to plenty of these passion pods, you know, it's one of the things that people talk about the drive and talk about making stuff happen. But I also think what's really important is perspective my dad uh, he's 72 amazingly vivacious guy most vivacious guy I know in the last 10 years he had two like really big operations he wakes up every day you know and he just like looks at the blue sky or whatever the rainy sky and just goes cool another day and that is like you know don't let something like that happen to you to sort of realise that there's other things that are really important so yeah the passion needs to be in a project but also it just needs to be in like your life but also not putting I guess when you're pursuing a passion mm. because of the nature of it of course it's important but yeah keep the other parts of your life in balance as well yeah I think that's it and some people say that you know they'll work really tough kind of crappy jobs and a lot of hours and work really hard and live in a shithole and, and you know but because they're real focus of their craft and that is right for some people but that's also the reason why a lot of people quit after a year because frankly it's like that's a really hard life and it's not necessarily actually the path to success and this is another thing where I think that you know the nature of the business and the nature of whether it's you know acting or art or music or even in like if you're working in the city everyone will always want more like you'll always want a promotion you know I I want a paid acting job but someone who's done an advert will want to be in a TV show then they'll do a TV show then they'll want to be in a bigger TV show then they'll want to be in a film then they'll want to be in an award you'll always want that next thing that's the nature of it but so, so that's again, like you've got to enjoy the journey because if you're always looking to the next thing, then you'll, you know, you won't sort of reach the sort of full capacity of, of your happiness. And I, I'm saying this as someone, again, he's not listening to my own advice. What projects are you working on right now? I'm producing a bit of theatre for the first time. I'm producing a night at The Last Refuge. And the girls who run that have been on this podcast. And uh, yeah, their venue is sort of finally opening properly this coming autumn. And to celebrate that on, yeah, this weekend. 27th of uh, July and 28th of July, uh, Friday and Saturday. So we're having a weekend of music, film, theatre, comedy. Uh, and it's all part of the London uh, 2012 Cultural Olympiad. And I've just basically sort of, yeah, pulled together all the talented people I know or I've met or who I know of and just trying to get them all together in one place at one time to celebrate this really new, exciting venue. So collaboration's pretty important. Yeah, uh, well, it's absolutely... You know, as a lot of people have said on, on here, you know, collaboration and teamwork is absolutely... I almost think it's almost everything and it's what I love I'm like this is why I really love this whole thing whether it's the acting the writing the producing whatever it is it's 
this stuff where everyone's sort of working together that's that's great do you think when you're putting something out there you need to do it to the absolute best of your ability because there's been such a variance of um, opinions on these yeah there's a fantastic writer friend of mine sent me an article that was basically saying about how first-time filmmakers particularly and first-time writers they'll try and make a film and spend maybe you know a year on it and sort of then send out and hope for it to go somewhere big but like, if you look at the industry, people spend like three years writing a film, and it takes three years to make. And they have been in the business for a long time. And sure, like every now and then, it will go well. And of course, you can't. Once you're a professional, you know you're going to get paid for the three years. It's easy to go and work on it for three years. If you're a writer, you know maybe you don't want to spend three years writing a project because in the end, it might not be the right project, and you should have done it for one year and moved on to something else. Again, filmmakers, some that work really well, just sort of like banging stuff out. And you know, Shane Meadows would always say, you know, let's just just go and shoot stuff, and it'll be fine. It'll be great. For me, I kind of it depends on what projects I'm doing and with who and what the time allows. It's weird, you know. We worked on a, f- a half an hour film and it took two years to make. You know, whereas you'd sort of do TV and you sort of make a quarter of an hour of television in a day. Yeah, and I think it's like you say. I think it's so dependent on the project, the time, the what what it is. Yeah. I think the important thing is though, which is really relevant from what we've been talking about, is the different options that are available yeah. to you. Yeah, I think that's the real key. And you've got to work it out. So at first, I sort of. When I started acting, I was just auditioning for anything that sounded, you know, like it was going to progress. So there was a show that was on for four weeks, and it was in a terrible place, and it was a terrible show. Uh, But I did it to the the best I could, and and it was really fun. And I did a four-week run of a show, which, you know, if I then sort of auditioned for a tour, if I hadn't done that, they'd say, what was the longest run you'd done? And before then, it would have been, you know... A week, but then you sort of work out what you're good at, and I and I realised I've done you know this year I did um, a comedy a bit of new writing and it, and it went really well, and that's something that sort of the people that I'm doing it with, who I really respect, are sort of telling me that I do well, and, and a lot of people find it harder. Do you think it's a case of being then as your career as an actor progresses? you're more selective about what you choose because, you know, yeah, knowing what your strengths are but also making sure that you're enjoying what you're doing. Yeah, I've been thinking recently, especially with the acting, I do start, and it's a negative word, but I think I need to start pigeonholing myself a bit more. Um, Rather than just, I will do anything for everything. Exactly, I will will do anything. (laughs) P.S. If you need him, this is his number. I normally, at the end of these, like to ask people, if you could give someone setting off on the same path that you are on, what advice would you give them? But I feel like this passion board has been so full of exactly that, that, I mean, if you had to pinpoint one, go for it. I think the best bit of advice, like I said, was when the guy said, you'll only regret not giving it a shot. You only get one life. I think that's always a big reason why I wanted to be an actor, because I wanted to be like, I wanted loads of lives. I want to be an astronaut, and I want to be a fireman, and I want to be a cowboy. One of my heroes, a guy called Will Cookson, and he, uh, and he said that you only have uh, one lifetime, and it's nice to try and put as many lives into that lifetime as possible. A lot of people who went straight to drama school out of uni or out of school and then go straight into the industry and have been doing it for a long time, you know, I know a lot of them can feel quite jaded with it all. What happened to me is basically I hadn't done anything on stage for three and a half years when I did this show at Theatre 503. And I started it on stage lying in this bed as the audience came in. And the audience started coming in and I could hear all my friends, my family coming in and everyone else in the chitter chatter. I was lying in that bed and I was absolutely bricking it. I was going, what have I done? What, I, I just want to go back to my office and sit on a fucking desk. I, please take me, if the world could just swallow me up now. I'm about to, what am I about to do? This is suicide. Oh my God, bless you, I love it. It was terrifying. And then, you know, the sort of the play starts and there was a new bit of new writing and it sort of starts and you sort of, you know, start with a little joke and there's a little titter in the crowd and you go, oh, that's exciting. And then, you know, as the show went on, you start working with the audience and there's a bit more laughter and you get a bit more of a buzz. And after the half, it was only a half an hour piece. And at the end of it, it was just the most amazing, the whole thing was the most amazing feeling. 
And I still, that was, you know, that was a year and a half ago, and I still remember it so much, having not done it for three and a half years. And I think that would be the best advice to give someone who's feeling a bit jaded is like, fine, fuck off for three years, come back, and then realise what an amazing thing it is. You know, and if it's something that you love, then it, there's a reason that you love it, and there's a reason you should, you know, give it a shot. You've been listening to Passion Pod 22 with Tom Worsley. 